people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I'm talking with cinematographer Julia Swain. A few years ago, she shot the film Lucky. This year, she's got two films that showed at South by Southwest, The Wrath of Becky, and Scrambled. Find out more about her over at juliaswain.net and enjoy this interview. Julia, where do I even start? You've been working insistently for so many years here. Can you tell me how you got into the business and how you decided to become a cinematographer? I never really pursued anything else. We have the cliche story of my dad shot family events and birthdays and things. And I was fascinated by being able to capture time and moments throughout our childhood. And so I quickly stole that camera and started making short films and anything I could and I was definitely like a very enthusiastic audience member. My parents showed me some of the favorite films and shared their love of cinema with me. So everything I've ever done has been in it in some way. Like as a teenager, I worked in a movie theater. And then the only production job in my small town was like news. So I started working in news and operating cameras and doing anything I could to do storytelling for the screen. And then I... I always wanted to go to UCLA, so I went to UCLA for cinematography specifically and haven't done anything else. I have the best job in the world, so I'm very grateful. When you were younger, were there any movies that just really lit a fire for you where you said, wow, how can I even begin to approach something like this? Yeah, I definitely have to say Alien is something that I thought was so magical, and it's also so beautiful. It's so beautifully shot and so well done, and I think that was definitely something where I wanted to know how that was made and how something like that could suck me in so well into the world. Jurassic Park is an easy one. Things like that. Movies that weren't modern day as we knew it. Anything genre-wise was really interesting because it was like a whole new world that you believed. Have you gotten the chance to work in situations like that with a lot of special effects? Somewhat. I've done like a handful of thrillers and horror films mostly been period or set in modern day with now some sort of crazy horror twist, which is always fun. Lucky was a movie that was so fun and so surreal. And yeah, like things like that have definitely, but I'm definitely looking for the next genre project because I think there's so much fun to do. Yeah. How do you even approach a film like Lucky? Because it does have just such an amazing look. And how do you even begin to communicate with the director in order to get their vision and translate that into your vision. Yeah, Lucky was really cool because Natasha Kamani is one of my good friends and I think we had a trust between us as we'd done short form stuff together. So in terms of really getting into each other's heads, that was easy. But Lucky was fun because the movie evolved so much in terms of the three acts and where it takes you. And I think it because it's so surreal, we really knew we had permission to break the rules and go crazy. So we had like different LUTs for each act. So the LUT got color gets a little crazier and it just gave us permission to not feel super confined and develop like a visual arc together 
So it's just about dissecting that and really understanding like Bria Grant's character and what she's going through because it's very much her POV in the world. The, everyone around her is believing what she's saying and her experience. So that was fun too. I always find it a little challenging talking with cinematographers just because you have such different brains as far as being able to take the artistic and the scientific this type of stop and this type of exposure and these lights over here and how that's going to affect things i have to commend every cinematographer that they can combine those two to me very disparate things of science and art and make them into something so gorgeous yeah no that's i don't think about it that way that's a really good observation because because you because I think it's like, no matter how much you prep, you want to leave room to feel on set. And once you get actors in front of the lens, things can change. Like you might feel a different way in terms of where you want to put the camera or how you want to light them or the space. And I think at the same time, I'm doing math all day and like figuring out how that, what that means <laughs> and like making sure I pride myself a lot in exposing images in a way where we have all the information and you can really push it in color and nothing's lost really so yeah it's about delivering images that are great but at the same time i'm like having a very emotional experience on set how long have you been working i know you go back at least to 2010 if not before that the joke is between me and my spouse is that i should say less and less years so i don't sound so old anymore so i could lie or no yes i graduated college in 2015 actually. So professionally eight, almost eight years. But yeah, since 2010, I had a DSLR and was like making everything I could as a teenager, for sure. That's what I was curious about as far as the way that technology has changed just in that short amount of time. Because to me, as a very old person, 2010 feels like just a few years ago. But I already know that there's so many things that have gone on in the industry in order to change you know, how tech works. Curious if you've even shot on film or has it just all been digital? And then how has digital changed for you? When I went to UCLA, we were the first class that were not required to do our thesis films on film. And we were the first class, or maybe it wasn't the thesis films. It was the, we were the first class where, so in UCLA, we did two minute and six minute films. And even as the DPs, we had to direct a two minute and a six minute in the first year to just, and do all the roles for everybody. So that you got, you became well-rounded and a lot of people hadn't made movies before, but they were really good storytellers. So we all got our hands dirty and did a bunch of different roles on set. And those films in the first year were no longer on film. They were C-300s. And so we were the first class. And it was interesting because now you have unlimited card space. You don't have magazines with a certain amount of footage. So UCLA had to be like, you only get one card. You can't erase clips. Like you have to still have that discipline of shooting film and only being able to get so much in a certain amount of time. But I have shot film. I've shot a feature on film, tons of short form on film. I still love it, but I definitely think digital looks incredible. And now I have access to tools I didn't have in film school. Like we didn't have Alexa cameras or any super, super high-end digital cameras. So now it's just become a journey of knowing how to push those higher-end cameras and really get what I want image-wise out of them. I've seen just so many strides over the last decade, two decades, that is just, you look at something like Michael Mann's Collateral, and you can see that is really pushing how far video can go. And then watching something like 
I watched Scrambled last night again, and I'm just like, this looks fantastic. The quality of it looks like it was shot on film, even though it was probably digital. It was digital and a lot less money than collateral. <laughs> so hopefully. <laughs> but I would think it's just as beautiful. I feel like lighting wise, I feel like maybe I have felt lighting change even more. I remember having a milk crate of gels in my garage as a film student. And now I'm like, we don't even really use gels unless you're like warming up 18Ks or something specific. Now my gaffer's got an iPad and we don't have to go touch the light to adjust something. We're just all, we're saving so much time by just dialing in intensity and color and everything remotely. Talking about that balance between art and science, not only is there that, but there's also you know, you're that middle person between the director and then all of the lighting and just making sure that all of that is happening correctly and kind of directing all of that as well. Yeah, it's definitely a lot to think about. Three departments and then the DP is very much in between the crew and their departments, but also writer, director, producers and trying to make sure everyone on either side of that is is really content and having a good experience on set and things are being done the way they need to be done. Tell me about how you get projects. Do people just know you now? Have you made that reputation that people are like, I need a Julia Swain? Or do you pitch to them? Or like, how does that happen for you? Because like I said, since you graduated, it looks like you've been working steadily ever since. I wish everyone like, I needed Julia Swain. How do we get everyone to chill that way? <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel like word of mouth is the biggest thing for sure. And the circles of people I've been fortunate enough to shoot with. I am represented and I get scripts through my narrative agent, but I also, I get as many, if not more from just people knowing who I am or what I've done. They'll see something that I shot and scrambled was actually a friend of a friend recommended me to Leah. I had actually hadn't worked with Leah before. So that was like a good example of, I was really grateful to have had someone mention me to her kind of had known my work on lucky and my work with Natasha being consistent and things like that. Yeah, I would say it's a mix of things. I think being repped definitely also helps me just branch out and meet new filmmakers. And yeah, it's a mix, but word of mouth is definitely probably the biggest thing. What have been some of your most favorite things to shoot over the years? I have this rule where I don't, at least now, like I don't, I definitely don't, I didn't have money growing up. I didn't, I couldn't say no to a lot of things. After film school, I was very scared of not putting food on the table by being a DP. So I took a lot of things that I wasn't excited about, but I was shooting. So I, th I saw it as I'm not doing something that's not in my industry. I'm at least being a DP and practicing what I want to do. So I, do I did a lot of sketch comedy stuff and things like that and a little short and whatever I could do to just practice. And now my thing is I'm not going to say yes unless I really want to do it. <laughs> if I'm on set with you, it's because I really want to be. So I think I think over the years, it's been a lot of narrative stuff. I definitely have had a lot of fun in music videos and I've done a lot of really great music videos where you really get to play visually. But yeah, I would say I feel really lucky to have both music videos and commercials, but also features growing. I feel like I've grown in both. I'm not a commercial DP only or a narrative DP only. So I don't know. It's hard to say which one's more fun. I guess I would say narrative, but that's only because it's so freeing and it's, you know what I mean? It's less of an assignment and more of like a soul fulfilling art in terms of that interpreting a script. Whereas a commercial could be really fast and it's maybe really centered around a product and less about 
the interpretation of it as, a, as much as it is just executing something. But I love both. And I love that I can jump from three months of something to then a couple days of something. It's totally different. I think that's like a cool part about our job. How did the pandemic affect you? It was really scary. I stopped working for a few months. I'm very frugal. So that was a good thing. My good friend Blythe Thomas, who I've done a ton of amazing fun music videos with, she had a couple things that were remote where she's in New York and she could be on Zoom and I was on Zoom too. And so we did some music video work that was really helpful to feed my need to be on set or at least be on set in spirit of for Zoom. So those kind of were the first things that trickled in, like the summer of 2020. And then I actually did a movie in the fall of 2020. It was like the first movie to shoot in the pandemic, actually, with really strict rules. And then it slowly came back. I definitely barely made any money in 2020, but I feel like now the momentum is back in terms of calls are coming in and I'm able, I'm really grateful to be shooting again full time. So, but it was definitely a very scary, slow period for a while. What have been some of your biggest challenges to actually shoot something? I say this with all positivity, but I did The Wrath of Becky, which was also at South by Southwest. And that was probably, I had so much fun shooting that movie, but physically it was probably the hardest. I've never been so exhausted on a shoot. We had like long drives to set. We had weather that changed constantly and had us waiting around until the lightning went away. Like it was just so many we were up against so many things we couldn't control that it was like really challenging to, to pivot and our schedule had to be so tediously thought of. And it was a freaking blast, but it was like very physical in the middle of nowhere, tons of company moves going from like a barn to a house, to the woods, to the, so just in order to make it amazing and make it have all the healthy amount of locations and amazing shots, like it took a lot physically out of all of us to do it. And it was by no means like unsafe or scary or anything. I was just like, man, I'm tired. Not just this movie. <laughs> it was so much fun, but it was like, I got my ass kicked <laughs> in the best way. How does it feel to then see your work projected up on the big screen, especially after such a arduous experience? Oh, it's so rewarding. It's amazing. It was so much fun, especially because like, that's a movie that it's really for the audience to go on a ride. So like hearing the cheering, the gasping and the laughs. I don't know. I just keep using the word grateful, but that's really like gratitude. I'm just so full of it right now because I think going to South by and just hearing the reactions for both films was like, especially because Lucky went in 2020 and I didn't get to go because COVID killed South by so suddenly. And it was devastating because I hadn't had a movie in a big festival before. And so going this time, I was just like, this is why we do this is because you hear the audience sniffling and reacting. And it's just like amazing to watch it really cathartic and you're with your crew is surrounding you and the audience too and it's just becky and scrambled were so fun to make and then to see it on the big screen and kind of reminisce be so joyous over the experience we had making them too while being in a theater is like amazing that's got to be an interesting experience for you too because you're getting one slice of the experience but i don't imagine that they bring you back for any sort of post-production stuff unless there's reshoots that need to happen so you're not seeing things with music sound effects edited any of that thing must be little surreal seeing something with that polish on it when you just were there for the raw material yeah i do see it in color and then not with sound necessarily or like vfx but there's definitely yeah, there's definitely elements and I'll QC it afterward, but 
there's a lot of elements that come together in the final screening. So it's always a, it's a fun experience for me. It doesn't it doesn't feel like, oh, I've seen this a million times. I'm just watching it again with an audience. It's like really refreshing, actually. It's always good to come back and now you get to watch it. And it's also like in color, it's often on a big screen too, but like to see it with all the elements together on a huge movie screen is again, I'm just like, this is the most fulfilling feeling ever because you're with an audience. And I think cinema is a community thing. So it's really nice. So tell me about Scrambled. How do you work with the director on Scrambled in order to put that together? Scrambled was unique because Leah wrote it, was starring in it and directing it. And it was a very fast movie. We shot it in 20 days, one pickup day, but it was extremely fast. It wasn't a short script either. It has a lot of long dialogue scenes and coverage is really important and you need to let that you've got longer scenes going so we knew that we didn't have time to let her watch playback after every take before we move on we have to move on so we developed a trust really early on to be able to she could feel if she got the performance and i could feel if we got it technically in camera and you know and stacked and blocking we saw everything it's all good to go the move was successful things like that so we learned to look at each other at the end of whatever take we were on and we both knew okay we're good we can move on and then she'd watch playback like between setups or whatever so yeah it was very much me having to the dp already has so many things to think about but even be more aware of everything going on and continuity and everything on top of everything else because i just didn't have a director at the monitor at all times and we had a great second team so leah could see the frame sign off see the lighting and then she'd go in there and do it. And yeah, I mean, I think Leah was, I've said this before, Leah is a dream to work with and the amount of trust she had in me. And also it was such her baby because she wrote it and was in it and knew it so well, which was fantastic because she pulls it off so well. But the amount of allowance I had to pour myself into it was really incredible, despite it being her baby. She let me adjust and have the liberty to do that, to just step in and adjust an actor or something that I was something I was catching because she obviously didn't want to waste a take if I didn't say anything and it was wrong. And she also allowed me to feel, I feel so much behind camera when I'm watching performance. So if I felt like, you know what, we should get an OTS here in addition to this close up or something, she trusted that I felt that for a reason and I could do something differently that we hadn't talked about before. You mentioned second team, but have you done or have you been on shoots that have a second unit to them yeah not for the whole movie or not extensively but yeah i've had another dp shooting inserts or establishers or other things to make up certain scenes and things like that how do you communicate with that second dp in order to say this is the look of this film this is what we are doing with this for second unit, they'll see my lookbook, they'll see the shot list, we'll have extensive conversations. But I try to have as much trust as a director has in me in my second unit DP. And my second unit DP has always been a DP whose work I love. And I'm like, I should be shooting for you kind of thing. I don't know why you're shooting for me. <laughs> yeah, I totally trust them to find something or get establishing shots of Silver Lake or wherever we are. And I'm just like, go for it. Like you will find something amazing. I'm not going to tell you like, this is where you go. This is the focal length. This is the whatever. Like I'll give general broad strokes, but I want them to feel empowered. Just like any member of my crew to like really bring their all to it and have an opinion about it. Julie, this might be a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. You're talking about these two movies that you had at South by 
one's comedy, one's horror, ostensibly. Is there a difference in the way that you shoot these? Is there a difference to how you shoot a comedy versus how you shoot a horror film? Yeah, Becky's like a it's horror really comedy-ish, comedy. Yeah, like action horror comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I do shoot them differently, but what's interesting about the two of them is that they are both kind of genre hybrids. Like Scramble is very emotional and very. It's not a high key studio comedy. It's not like, I don't even know what to compare it to, but I knew that Scrambled had to feel real, but also sophisticated looking in the way it was shot. Not like super point the camera kind of raw feeling, but I didn't want it to be flat or boring. I wanted it to have shape and life and because it is comedy meets drama and it's cries and Scrambled and I cry every time I see Scrambled. Um, and I don't know why it's just still. And then Becky is like hilarious, but also dark and very, yeah, I don't know. They're, they both, to me, both of them had to live in this in-between space. Like Becky, I didn't, um, I didn't go anamorphic like the first movie did. I didn't make it as dramatic looking. One of the big reasons why that is because it was going to be a lot of night and then wasn't. It's a lot of daytime. So it's a action thriller that lives in the daytime, which naturally makes it a little less dramatic looking. But yeah, I think our lenses were different. Our aspect ratios are different. The way I lit them were a bit different. But I think, yeah, if I think broad strokes, like I think to horror and, and dramedy, I would do totally differently. But I think Becky's not maybe the best example because it is so much satire and so daytime horror in a way. So it just doesn't have as dark of a vibe. You mentioned your lookbook. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I usually do one if I'm interviewing for the movie. Like I did a lookbook. It's interesting. I did one for Becky, but I didn't do one for Scrambled. But then whenever I do a movie, I'll have a deck that has what we want our exteriors to look like. What do we want color-wise, like the palette. If it's a period piece, I'll outline like what are the practicals we're allowed to use that we want to utilize in indoor spaces. So it will have a really healthy overall plan for like different looks. If we've got night exteriors, what does the moon look like? What do different aspects feel like? And I try to make it really organized and straightforward so that any department head can look at my lookbook and really know what we're going for in terms of those different locations and things like that. Um, yeah, so I try to use it as a guide overall. But yeah, it's essentially a mood board and there will be tons of references. And I actually am really judgy about people's decks because if they're not like well designed i'm like i don't want to do this i need i'm so ocd and so you gotta make your lookbook really presentable and beautiful and like really like cohesive so i'm like very it's funny how i've noticed i subconsciously am so judgy about people's lookbooks that they're the fonts aren't consistent or like they're just they're not the images aren't aligned and they're messy i'm like come on we gotta Make it nice. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, you are my kind of human. That's fantastic. Can you get me? Uh, yes. Yeah. Are you working on something right now? Do you have multiple jobs lined up or do you just job to job type of thing? I usually have a couple lined up. I've got like a big commercial in April. That's like a health thing. And then I'm going to do a really fun short. My friend Maggie, that's like, very, it's also like psycho thriller type of thing. And then I'm actually 
Natasha Kermani and I, who did Lucky, were talking about a couple features. One of them is a Joe Hill adaptation of his story, Abraham's Boys, like a Van Helsing story. So she wrote that into a feature and we've made our lookbook for that and have been doing like camera tests and things like that. Hopefully a feature genre is on the horizon. I'm dying to get back on the set of a feature for sure. So it's the best place for people to keep up with you is at juliaswain.net? Yeah, that's my website. And then the only social media I really have is just Instagram. So that's another way people can chat with me and see portfolio stuff. It's like an extension of all of our portfolios. Julia, thank you so much for your time. This was great talking with you today. Yeah, thanks so much, Mike. It's been great.